Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You are not a failure as a person or as a mother. The system, the structure does not work. It is violent. It is cruel. Like, why does someone need to work three different jobs? simply to keep a roof over their heads. This woman is not living any kind of lavish lifestyle. She's working three jobs to keep a roof over her head and her children and feed them, clothe them, provide the basics. This woman is doing everything that people say, you know, you you work hard and then you should be able to like get ahead in life. Except that the system doesn't actually work that way right um it's exploitative it's extractive it's cruel it's violent and it it goes it's not named you know and it's sort of invisible like in in the US we don't really have enough conversations about capitalism and how capitalism capitalism functions in the society you are listening to the dope black mom's podcast today i am joined by loida limbell the director of Through the Night, and I'm just so grateful to have you here. So thank you so much for joining me and coming onto the podcast. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. So Through the Night, a portrait of three working New York mothers whose lives intersect at a 24-hour daycare centre. So you have the mother who's working the overnight shift as an essential worker at a hospital, another holding down three jobs to support her family, and a woman for over two decades who has cared for children of parents with nowhere else to turn. Wow, that's just, that's that's beautiful in itself already. That makes me want to watch it. Um, but I wanted to start off and just talk about you and your mother. So you're one of four. Your mom raised you working on low-wage jobs, working a night shift for many years. Just wanted to track back and hear any memories you have of these times of your mother and your mother working. Yeah, sure. Uh, it's interesting because the, the film is about the, the three people primarily that you just described in the synopsis. Um, it's, it's a, of course, about others. Um, it's about their children and other people in their families and their communities, but it's primarily about the three of them. Uh, and yet the story is very personal to me uh, because as you said, my mother raised me. I'm the oldest of four uh, while she was working the night shift, making minimum wage in New York City. And uh, as the oldest, I was her right hand, um, and my my younger sisters kind of joke that I'm I'm their father. Um, <laughs> you know, I was I was a co-parent, which which meant that I I had a real sort of um, first hand or like passenger seat view of the journey that we were on, and my recollection is that 
my mother was often caught between a rock and a hard place. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, fast forward all these years later, I myself am a mother, a single working mother of two young children. And when I think about how she raised us, I often don't understand how she did, how she did it. Yeah. Uh, given the, the sort of, um, you know, set of cards that she was dealt and as a filmmaker, just sort of sitting in that moment of, you know, seeing the lives, <clears throat> excuse me, of, of other people that I, I didn't know at the time, but whose, whose life and whose story and whose everyday reminded me so sort of viscerally of my mother's story and of my own childhood, um, that really captivated me. And, you know, my sort of subsequent thought was this story is not only my story, it's not only their story, it's the story of so many Black and immigrant mothers, um, working class, poor folks uh, in cities like New York, but really around the world at this point. Uh, So many, so many can resonate. Yeah, but you don't really hear the story told. You don't see the images, right? Um, And you certainly don't see the images in ways that are not reductive and stereotypical. And you definitely so, do not see it like this, Yeah, the way you presented it, which is what makes it so powerful. Did it bring you closer to your mom? Uh, yes. Um, you know, my, my mother and I, we, we have a really uh, strong relationship. Uh, we, we always have had that. Um, but this film, the, the process of releasing it, of sharing it with her, um, of her meeting some of the people in the film, it has added a lot of layers um, to our relationship, um, lots of unexpected layers. It's given her an opportunity to also reflect. That's nice. That's, not, that's a gift to have that moment, isn't it? That's precious. You don't often come across that. Yeah, yeah. Um, not, you know, it definitely many, many of us, many folks in our communities are not afforded that, that space, right? It's a, it's a matter of time yeah, and space yeah. um, to be able to reflect. And this process um, has provided that for her. It's provided it for me. It's provided it for us together, um, which has led us to revisit some things that we had not revisited some good memories and some bad memories, you know? Um, so there's a level of sort of, there's a, there's a new depth to, to the relationship. That's amazing. What, what a gift. Yeah. And has this made you in yourself mother differently? Hmm. Yes, I would say, (laughs) Um, I'm like sitting with it and thinking about the the answer to that. And I, the answer is an absolute yes. Uh, some of it is about not necessarily my relationship with my children, but my relationship with myself, um, and, and how I look at myself as a mother. Um, you know, I think I have, I, I, I had a moment, uh, towards the end of making the film where, something clicked, I was having a conversation with someone and and something clicked for me that the sort of um, care and compassion and grace that I wish for the people in my film 
uh, are the very same things that I wish my mother had been uh, afforded when she was raising mm. us. Uh, and they're also the very same things that I wish were afforded to me more frequently. Um, and, so. and that moment of sort of not seeing myself, you know, as the filmmaker, but as the, the truth of the matter is I made this film because there were things that I needed to grapple with. I needed to, you know, understand certain things about my experience as a mother through the bearing witness, right, of other mothers, mm-hmm. of other women who I see as my sisters, who I see as being part of, you know, of the communities that I identify with. Um, so this film, you know, it's for them, it's for my mother, it's for me, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And and so that that has fundamentally changed how I'm my mother. Um, you know, I'm trying to move away. And I say trying because I haven't, you know, completely like arrived at this at this destination, but to move away from parenting uh, with guilt at the center or with fear yeah. at the center, you know? Totally. Totally. I mean intellectually, absolutely. I'm with you. With you a hundred percent. I can do that. Have no fear and move away from guilt. But in the moment it's so difficult Mm -hmm. it follows us everywhere and i feel judgment constantly Mm -hmm. every choice you make whether you stay at home whether you go to work what type of job you do how long you work every choice we are judged whatever you do so Mm -hmm. it is incredibly difficult and i salute you for working towards that space to relieve you from it because it's so um so weighty but also so exhausting, isn't it? it takes yes. up so much time and so much energy when we it's life is hard enough. Yeah. And I, I think it the it depletes and diminishes the our capacity to do the very thing that we are aiming to do well, which is to mother. That's it. <laughs> you yeah. know, like the more baggage we're carrying around, right? Like the less agile we are, the less responsive, the less present we can be. That's that baggage gets in the way. Yeah, I agree. So this film is landing at a very tense time. It's focusing on essential workers, focusing on working mothers, single mothers. Did it, did you have any fear releasing a film like this Mm. in this climate? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. The film released uh, in April of 2020. So April Mm -hmm. 2020 was the beginning and the very first peak of the pandemic and New York City was certainly an epicenter. Um, And in that regard, I was, my immediate fear was uh, for the protagonists of the film who are all essential workers, literally, um, and none of them ever had the luxury of staying home throughout the pandemic. They were going out to work, or in the case of Nunu and Patrick, they were caring for the children of essential workers. So they had people coming and going right from their, their center. The parents who literally could not stay home and didn't have anywhere else to take their kids were bringing them to Nunu and Patrick. Uh, so... My fear, I, I did have a lot of fear around, you know, and, and just 
uh, everything was so uncertain. Things continued to be uncertain, but at that time, you know, even with the film industry, uh, festivals were canceling, people were not doing, people hadn't figured out how to do everything virtually. This is pre-Zoom taking over everyone's lives and everyone knowing how to do that, right? And so everything was quite literally up in the air and the folks in my film were working on the front lines every day. And so there was the fear around, in that moment of just so much uncertainty, not knowing what the film you know, would do, it, would, it, would it bring any added liability? to them, you know, or to their lives. Totally. It was, What's it gonna do yeah, like? it was a completely yeah. unanswered question. Um, you know, and then also like from a sort of just cinema perspective, it wasn't even clear to me like how to release the film, like what was gonna be the trajectory because yes. the the ecosystem was all, all, all over the place. Um, and so what we essentially did was, which I think is has been one of the the kind of grounding principles of the entire project and experiment, you know, this journey that we embarked on together as a crew, as protagonists, as community, as filmmakers, is to sort of lead by centering our relationships to each other, uh, and the commitment being to mm-hmm. each other, and the commitment being to preserving and nourishing those relationships, and so. What that meant for me in that moment was checking in with everyone uh, and and saying, like, this is where we are. Like, where are you? What do you need? You know, Um, and from there, crafting our next steps, you know, together. And so one of the, the first things that we did as a direct result of checking in with the folks in the film was we launched a fundraiser, an emergency fundraiser, um, which... You know, at the time, it was a fundraiser that they wanted to do for other childcare providers in their community who had already closed or were on the verge of closing. Um, because at that moment, they were like, we are okay. Like, we are okay for the next few months. But our peers are, you know, just facing daunting situations. Like, can we do something with this Tribeca Film Festival release. And I said, well, we could use any press that we get and direct people to a fundraiser. And so we ended up raising a little over $80,000 and giving small sort of grants immediately, no strings attached to daycare providers um, in their immediate community Um, because- That is life-changing yeah yeah and it was really in the spirit of um of mutual aid uh because a lot of the government sort of grants and support and loans for small businesses were not reaching these people right like the true small businesses and then months later in the u.s we found out that like a lot of those emergency loans actually ended up going to really huge corporations (laughs) um so Not those who yeah 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 uh, and then and then we just kind of kept doing that throughout the, the release of the film it's you just know? amazing that's amazing and with that fear that you did have was there any negativity that you received was there any um pushback no it i i have to say that the the overwhelming response 
to the film was really positive Good. because it was this moment where I think people who are not necessarily uh, impacted in the same way, uh, like everyone was sort of faced with this, right? You know, again, people were having their children home all day for the first time and having to figure out, you know, what to do. Schools were closed, daycares were closed, everything was closed. And, uh, you know, all of a sudden there was this new window, right? Or this new understanding um, about a lot of things related to the lives of working families, work-life balance, childcare, living wages, healthcare, all these things that the film touches on you know, the film came out in this moment where like everyone was having to think about this. We were united you know? in that um, moment. Yes. Yeah. So it, the the response was, has been really great. Um, you know, it, it, I, it exceeded like anything that, that I expected, actually. Amazing. And then just for you personally, did it just feel like it's out? Like, did you just feel a sense of release? And when it was, because it, it must feel impossible in the, the whole process of pre-production, in-production, post-production. You, did you have a feeling you want to just do little tweaks and just to finally be finished and it's out and it's, it's in the world and there's no more changes, there's nothing you can do. Did it feel good? You know, it's interesting. Um... I, I, I didn't want to do any tweaks. I actually, I love the film and I feel really good about how it came out. I feel like I was able to uh, say, but even more importantly, evoke uh, all the things, all the feelings uh, right, nice. that, I, that I wanted to. So I feel very like satisfied in that, um, in, in terms of, you know, a creative experience. But with the release being, you know, the timing of the release being what it was, uh, what I actually felt for the year that I was releasing the film sort of full time in the U.S. Uh, was this really strong sense of urgency. Uh, and for much of the time, I felt like there wasn't like I, I couldn't do enough because, yeah. again, the film centers the stories of the people that were and continue to be on our front lines. And I was seeing all the ways that they were not being cared for, that they were being left behind, that even when people were talking about essential workers, it was symbolic, it wasn't concrete, it wasn't mm -hmm. real, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I just had this kind of ongoing sense of like urgency, like if we could do another panel, if we could do more press, if we could raise more money, if if we can, you know, just take care of people, <laughs> like what do we need to do? And and so that was much of the experience of releasing the film was, was trying to ensure that it was serving uh, the people that it's for and that it's about. That's it. And I suppose obviously that's why it is so important. But who is it for who do you really want to watch who do you want to watch it and what do you want them to get from it yes um there's lots of different audiences that i thought about for the for this film but the audience that i kept coming back to was a very small group of 
women, black women, Latina women that I personally know in my life. Mm -hmm. uh, so I made the film for Nunu, for Shanona, mm -hmm. for Marisol. I made it for my mother. I made it for my best friend who is a nurse uh, and used to work the night shift when her baby was little. Uh, you know, I made it for these women in my community and in my life. Uh, I made it for my homegirls that are single mothers mm -hmm. that, you know, are may have college educations, may have, you know, whatever, you know, in terms of resources or access, but still have this, share this very um, unique experience of the kind of isolation and the loneliness that it is to be a single parent. Um, you know, which I think you see a bit of in Shinona's story, you know. Um, so I was making it for these very specific people with names and faces in mind. Um, and, and what I wanted and the reason I was making it for them and what I wanted to give to them was a tender, curious and, and um, patient nuanced portrait of their everyday lives. Essentially, I wanted them to see themselves through my eyes. I wanted them to see themselves how I see them. And I, um, I think that's so important because it's, it's massively underrated, obviously. It's, it's missed, it's, it's all those things we know why it's important, but just the way you show care and how we take care of each other and I think that's important to show. I think it, it impacts how we see ourselves and how society views us. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. that can be groundbreaking. That can be life-changing for someone to see that. You know, that could support somebody, that could lift somebody up, that could just, you know, recognize yourself and it's so hard if you're out there struggling if you're feeling lonely if it's feeling overwhelming overbearing exhausting endless that you know that that could be the light for somebody so i think it's beautifully done and and so important to show did you well is that what you were trying to do was that intentional Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, you know, I, there is a way in which uh, single mothers of color uh, are, there's a lot of stigma around the experience. Mm -hmm. And it's an experience that is sort of shrouded in a lot of deficit, right? It's like everything that is missing, everything that is lacking, everything that is wrong. It's some sort of failure. You know, the mother has failed some way, somehow in, in her relationship with the partner and, and, and you know, subsequently is, is going to, right, fail the children yeah. uh, because, right? So there's all this deficit that marks what it is to be a single mother, especially if you are poor working class and a person of color, um, that we, you know, without, there's no way not to, and you know, sort of um, unavoidably, we internalize that and we believe that, right? And so then not only are we struggling with the actual logistics of 
what it is to parent, what it is to raise, you know, children, what it is to be a provider, run a household, all those things, hold down a job. But then on top of that, you add debilitating amounts of guilt and shame, shame, especially. Yeah. And that you is know? crippling, isn't it? That is, it, it is it's, debilitating. it's debilitating. It's debilitating. And, and I, Part of what I wanted to do was to uh, dislocate that shame from the shoulders of the individual single mother and put it back on and locate it on the shoulders of the society, of the system. Mm -hmm. In other words, you are struggling. You are having a really hard time. You might feel like you're failing. And guess what? You are struggling because it is like this by design yeah it's not your individual fault as an you know as a person you you are not a failure as a person or as a mother the system the structure does not work it is violent it is cruel like why does someone need to work three different jobs mm -hmm simply to keep a roof over their heads. This woman is not living any kind of lavish lifestyle. She's working three jobs to keep a roof over her head and her children and feed them, clothe them, provide the basics. The basics. Right? In other words, this woman is doing everything that people say, you know, you, you work hard and then you should be able to like get ahead in life. Except that the system doesn't actually work that way. Right. Um, it's exploitative. It's extractive. It's cruel. It's violent. And it, it goes it's not named, you know, and it's sort of invisible. Like in in the U.S., we don't really have enough conversations about capitalism and how capitalism capitalism functions in the society. You know, and so we normalize these scenarios where people have to work three different jobs Sorry. to make ends meet. We know, normalize right? and we internalize. We, like you said, we yes. take that guilt and that shame yes. on ourselves. Yes. And it's it's down to us to try and fix it, which is an impossible yeah. task. Yeah. And so, you know, part of what I really hope that the film does for, you know, those who watch it, who are, you know, living this experience in some way, shape or form, where, you know, wherever they locate themselves within this universe is to not not own that shame you know the society needs to be ashamed not you know us as individuals not us as a community that's such an amazing mission um, that 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 would be truly liberating wouldn't it that would be truly liberating yeah. so yeah. what yeah. do you want to see change and this is a big question but if you had a magic mm -hmm. wand what would you see change within the system? And do you have any long-term thoughts, mid-term thoughts, and what can we do right now immediately? Mm -hmm. Well, big picture, um, as a filmmaker, I often think about imagination. And I see my goal and my purpose to create cinema that helps our imagination collectively, our collective imagination become fertile ground for really radical change and radical ideas. 
Um, I deeply believe that cultural change precedes social and political change. So I feel like the space of the mind and the imagination is is vital. It's essential. Uh, and and part of what I hope and where we are in this moment with the pandemic and everything that has been laid bare is that we can really truly believe that care is essential uh, and that we could get to a place where we believe that care is possible. We have been sold this idea that you can't provide care to everyone. And we sort of believe it, right? And our structures and our systems reflect that. Uh, care is not valued and it's not seen as something that everyone needs and should have access to. And so just from a place of imagination, I want us to look at Nunu and Patrick and see them as a model, a microcosm, when our governments tell us that it's impossible to provide a safety net to working families, we could look at Nunu and Patrick and be like, gee, Nunu and Patrick, this one family has been providing a safety net for working families for over two decades without government support and oftentimes in spite of government regulations and policies, right? They're going around and weaving the care. They are providing the networks of care that are a safety net because Nuna and Patrick provide childcare, but they provide so much more. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're providing support and they're standing in all of the gaps. Everything we need uh, to move forward. Yeah. So, so to me, it's like they are the example, right? And so then it's also about like, Let's change our ideas about who leaders are and what leaders look like and where leaders come from. Because in my mind, Nuno and Patrick are our leaders. Yeah. Right? The people doing the work, the people providing the very thing that our governments tell us is impossible to provide, those are the leaders. They have the solutions, right? So it's again back to the imagination piece, like for our movements, like let's shift, you know, let's not replicate these these sort of you know, patriarchal Western models and ideals of what it looks like to be a leader, right? That this person has to look a certain way, speak a certain way, have a particular kind of education or pedigree or whatever, right? There are ways in which even our movements replicate that at times. Uh, and then immediately and concretely, this pandemic moment has opened up. Um, it, it, it has, it does feel like it's a tipping point and so I, I suggest to people to learn about what's happening on a very local scale, a local level, uh, because there is a lot of, there are a lot of campaigns and uh, policy that is trying to be put forth and uh, to be passed. Uh, so there's a lot of different efforts that people can join. And we, we list some of those things on our website, uh, which is throughthenightfilm.com. But there are many others, right? And depending on where you find yourself in the world. Um, but connecting, like connecting with your, your the caregivers in your community, whether they are formal or informal caregivers. Uh, let's, let's take it upon ourselves to take care of our caregivers. To take care, to check in, to prioritize, to celebrate, to champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. to do all these things. Yeah. And, and and that's that is something we can do right now. We can do that immediately. We can do that for free. 
Absolutely. And we can make those changes. And by doing that, that would be life changing for people just to be to have that support to know that what you're doing matters, that you're valued, that we've got your back, you know, it, it, it would do so much to lift lift people up. So that is something we can do now. Whilst long term, like you said, having a look into our communities, keeping pressure on the, the petitions that we've written, the letters we've written to the politicians, to the government, just keeping an eye, keeping those conversations going, you know, not forgetting it, not letting it pass in a hashtag or a moment or a, a trend or a buzzword or a, a, a hot minute, like yeah. touching back on it and, and holding people accountable to what they just said they're going to do. And what we've just protested for and we've, what we've just all come together for and united for, but really taking a moment with it. And I suppose um, walking, walking the talk, backing up the talk and, mm-hmm. and actually doing it. And again, coming back to it from a mother point of view, this is what we're trying to do anyway, isn't it? Just modeling what we say we're going to do you know this is how our children understand how we navigate conflict how we deal with relationships how we navigate fear you know they're picking it up every they're they're sponges and they're picking up every single action reaction consciously subconsciously so yeah I suppose as mothers that is what we can do right yeah, there's that saying, right? That children do as they see, yes. not as you say. <laughs> so do they, don't they? I mean, right. they they see and take in everything, everything. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, that I suppose that's our responsibility. With everything we've just talked about and the weight of it, did you ever find it hard to finish work and shake it off and go home? Uh, yes, this, this, the process of making this film, I often found myself feeling very raw. Mm-hmm. I had lots of periods of time where if I started talking about something that I had just shot or something that I was thinking about, I would start crying. Oh. Or I would tear up just and, and on your and, chest, right? It's just in right, the air. and yeah. you know, yeah, like with in inappropriate spaces or moments, I would tear up, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. which which then made me realize, like, okay, this is this is raw for you. This takes you. It makes you raw. It makes you vulnerable uh, because, again, I I was bearing witness to the struggles, the lives, the challenges, the triumphs, right? The, the ups and the downs of other mothers. And you can't help but see yourself in that, right? And so it's like constantly, it's like this mirror. You're looking in a mirror. Um, and so what that made me realize was that I needed to protect my creative space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, okay, this is a raw and vulnerable space for you. So this is something that yeah maybe you don't share about this at you know some 
don't know, somebody asks you at a PTA meeting what you're up to and you start talking and you're all of a sudden crying with someone that you don't know very well. It made me understand that I needed to be more protective about that energy. You needed your safe spaces Um, to share. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I I started to carve those out, you know, and and figure out when I could open up in a way where I was going to be okay and safe and going to be able to collect myself after opening up. Totally. And when I wasn't going to do that. Totally. You know? There's um, nothing worse than sharing and being vulnerable in the wrong space. Yeah. So dangerous. Yeah. And I, 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 I'll say, I'll share, you know, one key thing that that impacted was the financing of the film. Uh, because I realized this whole sort of thing where I, would just start crying, I chose not to do any of the sort of pitch forums or places, markets where you go and pitch your idea to a distributor or a broadcaster and and try to raise the money um, for your project. I decided to raise the money through grants so that these were written things, written applications I would send in and not have to sit across from anyone and try to convince them Mm-hmm. of my idea mm-hmm. because I was so raw I was so vulnerable it was so fragile that I knew that if I was in a conversation with someone who was dismissive or flippant or disrespectful or didn't get it that that w- would set me back so much and I didn't have the bandwidth because I was making this film while working f- a full-time job and raising my two kids yeah. right and so I didn't have the bandwidth to sort of be set back and and be able to kind of gather myself up and keep moving forward. Um, And so that impacted even how I chose to raise the money for the film. I think that is amazing that you have the foresight to be, to, to put that boundary in for yourself. Cause I I would be the same. I wouldn't be able to Mm -hmm. sit there and talk through why and almost, and in that position of, I'm not saying you, you could have felt like this, but almost kind of pleading or begging or right. not like slight prostitution, like know? why yeah. convince somebody the importance of this? That would, yeah. I'd find that tricky as well. So you can really yeah. take your time to craft what you want to say on an email yeah. or in paper or in word. And right. that's amazing. That's amazing. Well, it was a friend that told me that. Yeah. A friend I shared, you know, this was in the early days and she was like, no, you can raise this money through grants and through this and through that. Don't, you don't have to go talk to some insensitive, Mm -hmm. you know, older white male executive somewhere Mm -hmm. who's going to ask you, their first question is going to be, well, where are the fathers? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we didn't need I, to get into that. I yeah. I wasn't in a position where I wanted to defend totally, and that's not what this is about. Marisol's dignity or Shanona's dignity, right? Yeah. Like, and this is not this is not that story. Maybe somebody else can make that film. That's not what this film is about. Well, that is an amazing friend who can sit there and say that, and that again goes back to what you're saying. Just the the importance of sharing in an actual safe space mm-hmm. with people who know you, who love you, who love you, who care for you, where you can be vulnerable and just mm-hmm. really share wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. Just lastly, what would you like to say to 
any mothers out there who are struggling right now, who are who recognize themselves in in what you've produced in your in your work and are just finding it difficult. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would say number one, um, I think I would reiterate some of what I said earlier. Uh, you know, so acknowledge your struggle and your difficulty, your pain, your exhaustion. Um, I acknowledge that. I see that, you know, um, it's valid. But also know that that is not due to any personal shortcoming. Uh, you are struggling because the system is set up to make you struggle. It shouldn't have to be this hard. Um, and so that is unfair to you. And I hope that you believe that and that you believe that you are worthy of support and that you are worthy of care and that you try to find it however you can and be open to whatever it may look like. I, I know for myself, a lot of my journey as a parent has involved surrender Mm -hmm. um, and particularly around support, right? There are ideas or desires we have. We want certain people to show up in our lives a certain way, um, whether it's family members or friends or, you know, whatever. And then the reality is that those people cannot show up in the way that you want them to. And then you're stuck, you know, sort of in the pain of that disappointment, the, the, the anger, uh, and that that doesn't, sometimes that doesn't allow us to look up and say, you know what, I have a need. I wanted this person to fill that need. This person does not have the capacity to fill that need. That is okay. I'm going to release this person. That doesn't mean I release the need. Mm -hmm. I still have the need. So I'm gonna think creatively about how do I get this need met? from some other source and being open, right? And again, just surrendering the ideas that we have about how things should look and who should do what and, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, being open to it, just changing those patterns or changing that that fairy tale, yeah. those stories that we're embedded with. Yeah. Oh, come in God, all shapes those stories. So powerful though, isn't it? Like it is ingrained in us. <sighs> You can almost reject those blessings, those gifts that come into your life because it doesn't look like it did in the yep. storybooks. Yep, yep. You know, and culturally, there are things that come with, you know, being an immigrant or, you know, if you're black and, you know, ideas about like, well, my mother did it this way and I'm supposed to do it this way, even though your life is completely radically different, you know, than your grandmother's was or whatever. Like there's these, all these stories, right. Coming from all sides <laughs> um, that don't always serve us, you know? And I think one of the biggest things is like, you know, in general, I think in societies across the world, people at least say, right, societies say or pretend to care for children, that children are sacred and that they're important and that they're the future. And 
right? There's these things that are said, you know, I, I, I say pretend because for me, it's like if you, if a society truly cared about children, the policies would reflect that. Um, but right, at least on the level of pretending, there's this professed uh, care, you know, and, and, and importance that children have. And for me, it's like, maybe could we one day get to the place where like, well, if we care so much about children, then we have to care about mothers yeah. because, right? Like they kind of go hand in hand. And I say mothers in a very broad and expansive way, Caregivers. right? Mm-hmm. Like who, whoever is doing that work mm-hmm. of mothering and that people in many different kinds of bodies do that work. Um, if you cared about children, you would care about the people who mother. Yeah. I I have nothing else to add to that. That is just a perfect sentence. Yes, absolutely. But thank you so much for sharing so openly with us and for being so brave to create this piece of work and then put it out there. I think it's so courageous. And I can imagine, well, I can't imagine what it took to do this whilst mothering, whilst having a full-time job to get it to a place where it is doing what it's doing. So just thank you for, for soldiering on and, and, and doing this for us all. Um, and- thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Don't flat moms. If you'd like. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. To join the Dope Black Mums private Facebook group, please search Dope Black Mums on Facebook. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Please follow on all socials at Dope Black Mums. Thanks so much for listening.